Okay, we're going to get started here. And uh, right now, I'm looking at the um, HBAR charts. Last night was pretty uh, interesting for anybody in the Hedera HBAR community. Um, we saw quite a few assets, um, HTS assets, Hedera token service assets, meme coins and utility coins and all sorts of great stuff. Um, kind of have a bit of, for lack of a better term, a bit of a pump. And uh, it's very interesting. Um, we're going to talk about it a bit, but I think it's just a, a fun observation. Um, currently, we're watching some similar activity, some real volatility in uh, in the Hedera ecosystem and uh, some of the different assets and coins and all different things. Uh, last night, we saw HBAR go from uh, 6.5 cents up to 7 cents. Now, albeit that's very small in the grand scheme of things, um, but it is worth uh, noting because um, we have been kind of sticking under uh, 7 cents for a long time. I don't think that we've hit 7 cents. Let me go back here. When's the last time we hit seven cents? That would be um, April 1st. So think about it. Um, worth celebrating, I guess, a little bit. I mean, it shows that HBAR isn't, you know, flatlined. It's alive. Um, and if you look at, let's say, the the, the seven-day chart, you know, it's a, it's a very exciting thing to look at. And we've seen... Um, some activity over the last, um, I'd say, you know, I would probably say six months that really, uh, you know, paint a bit of a different picture of to what we could be looking at into next year. And I think that what's on most people's mind right now is kind of, well, why is HBAR doing this right now? Um, what's going on? Well, as we know, there's been a lot, or as many folks may not know, which we'll talk about on the show, probably why people listen to this show. Um, COP28 uh, is going on right now. Um, it's the United Nations uh, kind of convention uh, for climate change and Hedera, the HBAR Foundation, Guardian, Envision Blockchain, a lot of people from... Uh, the ecosystem have had a big presence there. A lot of exciting announcements have been coming out of that. And immediately my brain goes to kind of a similar um, pump that we saw at the beginning of this year when Hedera went to Davos. Um, that we've kind of made that connection a little bit. Um, you know, Hedera went to Davos back in January of last year, February, I can't remember. Anyways, it was at the beginning of this year. They had the Hedera house. It was climate focused. And as we, you know, as most people know, Hedera is very um, focused on climate initiatives as a carbon negative blockchain um, hash graph and um, as the network that the Guardian is built on, which we'll talk about. But Hedera is just very well positioned um, and has been referenced as a leader in the, um, you know, carbon offset 
ESG kind of industry. So you can draw those parallels to what the, the kind of quote unquote pump that happened during and after Davos and what's happening now at COP28, you know, at a very high level, you know, similar conferences, um, similar topics. I just think that COP28 is at a much larger scale. Um, and a lot of the thinking in regards to the pump that happened during and after Davos last year was, okay, we've got some, you know, family offices, investors um, that go back to their firms and tell people all about this exciting Hedera HBAR stuff um, and they purchase some of it. So that's some of the thinking behind that. Is that what's happening here? Right? That's the news that's coming out. That's the excitement. That's really the focus of the ecosystem right now is what Hedera is doing at COP28. I mean, there's a lot of other exciting things happening. But I think that from many different standpoints, um, that's kind of what's at the top of everyone's mind. Um, today on the show, we're going to have Matt Smithies from uh, Dovu stopping by. I see Matt listening there. Matt, I'm going to bring you up um, in just a couple minutes here because um, we have some exciting stuff to talk about Dovu. If we want to talk about um, the uh, you know carbon credit, ESG, carbon offset space and what Hedera is doing in The Guardian, I mean, Dovu is top of mind for a lot of people, a long-term uh, project in the ecosystem. And Matt always has some really great insights to share. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we got some stuff to get out of the way. Let's get into it. So hello from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, aka it's Brandon D. It is Wednesday, December 6th, and you're listening to episode 104 of the Hashgraph Enthusiast show, Guardian of the Galaxy. I actually missed out on a a really good naming opportunity, um, fumbled a little bit. I should have done, because Galaxy has some news too. So I should have done Guardian of the Galaxy. So, I mean, it is what it is. This is a weekly news show where we cover the top 10 stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Listen live on X Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms to hear past episodes. Also, catch the Hashgraph Enthusiast interview episodes weekly. Uh, last uh, Friday, I interviewed um, David uh, David Cohen from Takeon. Fascinating conversation. Uh, layer 2 being built, leveraging um, Hedera Consensus Service. Really fascinating stuff. Really the future of Web3 file storage. Potentially the IPFS killer. We'll have to see. Um, get all the info you need about the show and subscribe at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. For folks listening live on X Spaces now, check out the post pinned to the top. Uh, it details the 10 stories we're going to talk about. Also take a moment to share the spaces with your friends. The more the merrier. Let's get some folks in here. Um, also, if you got some news that we should talk about, there's a little comment button on the bottom right. Send a message, send a story I should talk about. Uh, and uh, for folks listening to the recording on podcast platforms, leave a comment. Break down your thoughts on what we talk about today. Let's keep the conversation going. So I want to quickly dive into it just before bringing um, Matt from Dovu up. There's quite a bit of news to cover out of COP28, kind of circling around the Guardian. I want to go through that a little bit, and then I want to get into Dovu, and I want to bring Matt up, and I want to have a bit of a conversation around that, because I think people are going to find that to be 
Um, really interesting, really fascinating. So right off the bat, um, what's going on? So there was a really interesting article in Forbes, just kind of an aside to this, but that's relevant, is the headline, largest U.S. pension fund to invest $100 billion in climate solutions by 2030. Um, in a bold step tailored to meet the existential challenges and colossal financial risks of warming climate and harness the massive opportunities of the shift to new, a new clean economy, California Public Employees Retirement System, the largest public pension fund in the U.S., managing four, $446 billion, announced its plan to invest $100 billion in climate solutions by 2030. That is a Forbes article, one of many articles out there, really signifying an interest in this sector because it's changing a lot. Um, so... Let's dive into what's going on at COP28, The Guardian. I'm sure people have seen all the headlines coming out, all the excitement. I mean, clearly, um, the markets are responding probably to some of this stuff. I mean, uh, to be be honest, if you're at COP28 and you're seeing some of the things that Hedera is talking about, that the HBAR Foundation and um, Envision Blockchain with Guardian is talking about, you're seeing some of the headlines um, that Dovu is putting out. I mean, how could you not, you know, check out HBAR? You know what I mean? It's one of those types of things. Just reading in between the lines a bit. So what's going on? So basically the whole hook here is bringing the balance sheet of the planet to the public ledger. I love it. It's catchy. I dig it. So the Hedera Guardian platform supported by UN Climate Change and others target pressing inefficiencies in the carbon markets, primarily the complex tracking of carbon credits, credits, risk of double counting, and the arduous verification of environmental projects. It's a painful process, and basically this stuff's going to make it easier. In the existing setup, these challenges hinder transparency and reliability, leading to skepticism about the real impact of carbon trading. As we've all seen, um, a lot of people out there, the general consensus of the public, of industry, is these carbon credits are bullshit. And I think that, um, you know, it's a fair point. But you have to remember is that the systems that are in place currently and that have been in place just, it, it, it just doesn't get the job done. So what the Guardian enables through um, Hedera and what the um, applications and products and services built using the Guardian like Dovu do is unlock and unleash all of that and clear a pathway forward and make it so all of it works. And that's very appealing because it's clear the demand is there. People want these products. And it's looking like now they're going to be in a, in a place um, where it's actually going to work. And so there's so much value there, but still a lot of hurdles to overcome. Um, so by integrating AI and Hashgraph technology, the platform streamlined, the platform being the Guardian, uh, streamlines the tracking process, significantly mitigates risk of counting a single carbon credit multiple times, and simplifies the verification process. This approach not only enhances transparency and trust in the carbon markets, but also makes environmental data more accessible, driving a more effective and credible system for carbon emission reduction. So this stuff's really going to change the world. We're talking about a multi-trillion dollar market. Um, as folks recall, many major organizations, including Microsoft, say, you know, there just isn't enough of this 
supply of these credits in the market to offset what we need to offset. There's not enough good product out there. So um, this is going to get stuff flowing. So Envision Blockchain, the uh, the folks developing the Guardian kicked off um, at their, their talk at the UN Digital Innovation Pavilion with their talk, quote, open source Guardian, next generation of digital methodologies for emissions measurement in carbon markets. And in the audience, they had partners such as Visa, the Linux Foundation, Context Labs, the Climate Change Coalition, Evercity, um, KPMG, you know, some big names. And there's a Cointelegraph article, too, um, that went out basically announcing um, these major shifts and changes from Hedera, from the Hedera Guardian. Um, and there's just an interesting quote here. Uh, quote, among a sea of announcements and partnerships, Envision Blockchain, in collaboration with the HBAR Foundation and Swirls Labs, announced a new open source managed Guardian service platform focused on digitized and digital measurement, reporting and verification system for carbon markets. The key thing there is the word new. Um, as many in this ecosystem know, the Guardian has been in development and kind of um, moving and shaking for quite a while. So it really shows how early we are with this stuff. Um, that really the news here for the broader population, for the broader industry is this is like a brand new thing, right? And for us in the Hedera ecosystem, it's kind of like, oh, the Guardian, it's been around forever. So one interesting kind of little insight. So what is this all about? So it's a collaboration between like, what, like, what is this news all about? Like, what is this big update about? So uh, it is a collaboration between uh, UN Climate Change, Invisible Blockchain and Swirls Labs. It's a suite of upgrades to the Hedera Guardian, which is being uh, touted as the world's leading platform for digitized and digital measurement reporting and verification for carbon markets. Um, the updates include advanced AI search and guided search features, increasing accessibility to environmental methodologies, including many from the UN Climate Change's Clean Development Mechanism Methodology Library. Uh, there's a lot of words. There's a lot of there's a lot of words in this uh, in the in these news stories today, guys. So heads up. Uh, so environmental methodologies are like standardized procedures used to measure, verify, and report environmental impact of activities. Um, so it basically that's kind of what that stuff is. And in addition to these advanced search capabilities, 15 of these methodologies have been transformed into actionable Guardian policies. Uh, so within the context of the Guardian platform. And the Guardian platform is basically just kind of like um, a tech stack. Um, it is a set of tools, essentially, uh, that allow these complex workflows to happen. And so all these different solutions and, and products can be built on top of that. Um, so in the context of the Guardian platform, a quote policy basically just refers to a set of predefined rules and digital workflows designed to guide and automate the process of verifying and managing environmental projects ensuring they adhere to specific standards and methodologies. So you kind of see what this is about. It's like, oh, okay, all these kind of weird, opaque um, uh, things that are not transparent we haven't seen. And like we've talked about, cause a lot of these problems in carbon markets and, and cause them to have a bad reputation. These systems, right, leveraging Hedera, that's kind of what resolves a lot of this stuff. And a new feature was introduced that allows users to compare data recorded as verifiable credentials, aiding in validating essential project information. The Guardian assists in addressing issues like double counting and improving transparency on environmental projects, which are key concerns of the United Nations Paris Agreements. 
And the Guardian Project data comparison features the first implementation of the Global Blockchain Business Council's DMRV specification version 2. That's a key piece of this. Um, uh, making significant advancement in digital environmental asset reporting. So uh, why should we all be excited about this? Well, uh, CEO of Envision Blockchain, again, creators of the Hedera Guardian, Daniel tweets out, quote, the news today is just the beginning. As Wes Geisenberger says, this is going to be rolling thunder. And as folks know, Wes is at the HBAR Foundation, um, head of the Sustainability Impact Fund. So, you know, rolling thunder is basically, you know, a metaphor for kind of like something powerful or relentless that's unstoppable. And so basically what they're saying is there's going to be a slew of exciting announcements. And you look at the HBAR charts, you look at the markets, you kind of go, hey, it uh, seems like there's some serious energy going on here. Next headline. Hyphen joins the Hedera Guardian ecosystem to elevate the integrity of carbon credits and help scale carbon markets in Indonesia. The article discusses a project where Hyphen, a climate technology company, is joining forces with the Hedera Guardian ecosystem to improve the way carbon credits are managed in Indonesia. They're using advanced technology to measure greenhouse gas levels more accurately and transparently. And transparently. And again. Um, one of the things I've had, I've had Matt Smithies on the show before from Dobu, we'll have him up shortly. But one thing he mentions is that there are all sorts of different kinds of these, of these projects and products and initiatives. So this one is about greenhouse gas. Um, so the plan is to test this new approach in Indonesia with the hopes it will be used more widely in the future. Hyphen's new methodologies for digital measurement, reporting and verification are based on actual measurements of carbon dioxide or equivalent emission restrictions or removals from the atmosphere, aiming to produce higher quality and transparent carbon credits. Again, higher quality products for enterprise to purchase, right? These are high quality carbon credits made possible by these technologies. The existing challenges in accurately reporting carbon offsets has resulted in overestimation of benefits and trust issues in carbon markets like we talked about, and this slows the adoption. And the overestimation of benefits here is important because um, this is the trust issues in the carbon markets, and they stem from inaccurate reporting and exaggerated claims of environmental impacts of carbon offset projects, undermining the credibility. So. That's really what this is about is a lot of these products out there overestimate the benefits and it just really over time just causes people to lose um, faith in this system. And by really taking taking a pivot on this and with these new technologies, I think it's going to change the narrative on this stuff. Um, so hyphens DMRV, and again, that stands for Digital Measurement Reporting and Verification. Uh, this methodology provides near real-time atmospheric greenhouse gas measurements backed by over 60 years of development in scientific literature. It uses what's called flux towers, which I think sound very cool, with IoT sensors for data collection. So these flux towers are instruments used to measure atmospheric gas exchanges between the Earth's surface and the atmosphere, primarily focusing on greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide and methane. So again, accurate, high-quality data. Hyphen plans to deploy these methodologies in two pilot projects in Indonesia to validate DMRV applications for the greenhouse gas emissions, reductions, removals, and avoidance. And the data from these projects will be audible, traceable, uh, contributing to the National Greenhouse Gas Monitoring Networks and potentially mainstreaming the methodology across 
Southern Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Um, and this is expected to restore trust in carbon markets and assist in achieving these net zero goals. So again, that's a big piece of this is just what Hedera talks about in general, right? That trust layer of, of the internet, right? You could almost say this is almost like the trust layer for carbon markets. You know, it's it's all about trust. The trust has been broken many, many times with carbon offsets, um, rightfully so. And now we're flipping the script. The HBAR Foundation says on this, by the way, quote, this data logged on Hedera and following the Interwork Alliance framework will then go through artificial intelligence machine learning modeling. Hedera enables a full audit trail for the data being fed to the AI and therefore the final output and uh, and and therefore the final output and that will be used for the valuation of carbon credits. Um, so again, it's all about that trust. And the last uh, major story out of uh, COP28, just before I bring up Matt, is uh, a breaking story this morning welcoming Demia to the Hedera ecosystem. Uh, so basically, in the digital world, the zero trust data model is something very important. And it's like having a super secure system to protect valuable information. It works on the principle of, quote, never trust, always verify. This means that every time someone or something tries to access this information, they must prove they can be trusted every single time without exceptions. This is really important for big organizations because it helps keep their data safe from unauthorized access, ensuring that the information is accurate and secure. So you can understand how this is valuable for, again, these carbon markets and this trust of this data and the quality of these products. So Demia integrates its zero trust data model into the Hedera network, introducing new privacy preserving features for large scale institutions like Alcott to use the Hedera Guardian. So, right, this is all kind of coming together. All of these missing pieces are coming together. Demia's expertise in zero trust data solutions, including zero trust data fabric, zero knowledge file systems, ZKFS, and secure data wallets is vital for data security and privacy in carbon markets. Again, another great selling point for people wanting to buy these products uh, and buy these products maybe from you because you might be the first people in the Hedera ecosystem might be the first ones purchasing this kind of stuff. Um, you know, Dovu just announced their, uh, you know, some of these, um, uh, these uh, vehicle sunset credits. So we'll talk about that, but just continuing on here, it helps in reducing operational expenses and time associated with auditing and certification by providing real time streamlined data. Um, for marketplaces, brokers, exchanges, and purchasers, the zero trust model increases the transparency of carbon credit transactions and ensures they are backed by reliable, verifiable data promoting integrity and carbon neutrality efforts. And Demia has already pioneered solutions in the IOTA ecosystem, which is fascinating and even more fascinating. Um, a quote from the press release, uh, leveraging their history of work with the Hedera Governing Council member Dell Technologies, the Hedera Guardian will also benefit from integrations and advancements of Project Alvarium for quantifying the confidence we have in environmental data through distributed annotations. So basically, um, there are connections to Dell Technologies in this type of initiative as well. So it's a big, exciting soup. It's a little bit of a confusing soup. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to be very delicious. And I think that people are getting a taste 
And that's why we're seeing some of the movement in price in HBAR and a lot of these exciting headlines coming out of COP28. So going over to Dovu, I want to bring up Matt, but real quick, Dovu um, sent out a tweet, uh, quote, pre-order the end-of-life vehicle credits, uh, pre-order of end-of-life vehicle credits are now ready to buy. Supporting the circular economy through the recycling of vehicles in India and is backed by the Indian government, leveraging the combined UNFCCC methodologies, AI, DMRV in action, right? Some of the things we've been talking about. Um, so Matt, I mean, a lot of exciting stuff happening in this space in general right now. A lot of crazy headlines coming out of COP28. Um, it feels like, you know, the Hedera ecosystem is um, having a little bit of an exciting time here just because, you know, it's it's this kind of stuff is really in the wheelhouse of this network. But I was really curious to get your perspective on kind of the activity that's happening, um, what exciting stuff you have going over at Dovu. Um, and then I know that you kind of want to get into some, uh, you said on on X, some kind of like philosophical uh, points you wanted to to touch on. So welcome to the show, Matt. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, Invited me against um, against uh, Brandon. Um, always appreciate having a chat with you. And um, it's weird because although I'm at the heart heart of this, I've I've been involved with the Guardian. I was probably the first developer to work on the Guardian after it was like first like built. And even though I'm like in the middle of all this, um, we were issuing credits pre Guardian, Guardian, and all this stuff. And even like hearing you go, go through the entire news from COP, even for me, it's extremely overwhelming. And I can't imagine what it is like for like a, just a regular community member just trying to figure this out, you know. But it makes me think that with all this excitement, we need to kind of make it simple. Um, and my main comment really is just, Ultimately, sustainability in ESG is to do one of two things. To prove that something good is happening and to reward the people that are doing a good thing. Um, that's what it fundamentally comes down to, regardless of people's concerns or criticisms. And it is so easy to get caught up in this word salad. Everyone's heart's in the right place but without things being broken down, simplified, everyone can lose context and kind of glazes over their eyes as it were. Um, yeah, no, Matt, I agree with you 100%. I think that a lot of these, um, you know, abbreviations, word salad, all these types of things, I think it's important to kind of run through all that. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, how do we distill all of this information and a lot of the people listening to this show, you know, hashgraph enthusiasts, it's like, what's really relevant for, for us, what's relevant for the public? Like, um, what would you say is the entry point for a lot of people listening to this and going, okay, this is really exciting. Um, it sounds like there's going to be some new type of product available for purchase. Um, and you know, what do you think, uh, we're going to be doing. Well, I think Matt's having uh, 
Matt's, Matt, Matt will be back soon. I'll, I'll ask my question to him again. But that's basically where my head's at is like, how do we distill this information? You know what I mean? Um, and while we're waiting for Matt, I'll just break down uh, some of the info about the update from Dovu, which is really exciting. Um, so basically, this is regarding the sustainable end of life vehicle scrapping program. Um, and the project offers pre-ordering for future end of life vehicle credits pending verification, which will be allocated to account holders. And these ELV credit, the ELV credit is a new type of credit that promotes market transparency and traces the environmental impact of processing ELVs at authorized scrapping centers in India. Each credit corresponds to one form uh, or sorry, each credit yeah, corresponds to one form of ELV and includes detailed traceability, such as government validation. The initiative combats environmental harm, uh, uh, harm form of informal vehicle recycling uh, by encouraging eco-friendly registered vehicle scrapping facilities in India. And one of the partners you're working with, MC, MMCM, which is an envirotech company, supports these facilities with carbon credits, incentivizing them to meet environmental standards and adopt sustainable recycling uh, practices. So again, it's this really exciting stuff, just as you were kind of touching on, Matt. It's like this really exciting stuff. There's like a purchase button where I can buy one of these for, you know, 38 bucks. Um, it's really exciting. It's, you know, that we can get involved with this stuff. But like you were saying, you know, we think about HBAR investors or Hedera ecosystem participants or Hashgraph enthusiasts that are kind of in this ecosystem, excited about this stuff. Maybe they don't really understand it. Like, what's what do you think is kind of like the entry point for just regular people, or or what do you think kind of is that next step? Because I think it's like right in front of them, and it's all kind of crazy and exciting. But it's like, you know, how do you participate? Like, what what's going to be happening for a regular person? That's a great question, and this is something that we have been focused on a lot at Davey. Um, we have tried to take our time to speak with as many projects building on The Guardian. Um, people buying credits, generally, you know, project developers. And there's always this issue of the first mile of understanding. And if we take, you know, we, we talked about it, I think, last time. But if you take our onboarding that is live today, you can talk about your project in a way that's easy to understand without needing to understand or learn anything to do with what is MRV or what is what are these six-letter acronyms or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I firmly believe that that first mile for all participants is the hardest because like anything in life the first 20 hours of learning any skill is normally the most challenging so it's trying to cut that down and i'm not sure if you remember but about a month ago we started to release these um biodiversity credits through our partner sunvimbo Yes. And that uses obviously our technology. It's still a pre order, but it benefits. It ensures that money gets to the right people who are taking care of animals, uh, more, more exactly, uh, jaguars, and uh, over a particular area. 
and um, life and animals. And that is this new kind of biodiversity credit. And with all these discoveries, you quickly learn that it's not just about, you know, carbon, sequestering carbon, you know, from the atmosphere into soils or from anything, but it's all about all these other side benefits. And then you can get to a point of this person is doing good and we can prove they're doing good. And if that happens, then you can tokenize it and you can sell it. And that concept, although, you know, insane, potentially, could be a world-changing idea. And I believe this is where everything is going. The side benefits are just as important as carbon. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that to ground this even more, and I really want to bring this into kind of like the territory of, you know, a Hedera, someone in the Hedera ecosystem, Hashgraph enthusiast, someone excited that, you know, buy some of these tokens and buy some NFTs and all these different types of things. What you're really talking about is something that is a very powerful psychology and let's say um, the NFT marketplace, which is a lot of these NFT products do things like um, give away to charity or do some good. And a lot of times um, that's, a, that's a really attractive thing to contribute to that through purchasing an NFT project. So right there, you have a little bit of psychology of like people want to participate in projects that do good. And what you're, what you're talking about is um, this, this kind of old and tired way of doing things in the carbon offset space that's really boring, hard to understand, and hard to participate in. And even if you do participate in it, you're really not getting a high quality product and there really isn't an open transparent marketplace. What you're talking about is if you go to something like a do like at the Dovu market or something like that, you're effectively um, buying a tokenized product that does good and there will be other people that will want to buy those as well. And if you own these products that that represent good being done for the planet you can then sell those to other people that would like to take custody of those so really what you're talking about is is when we look at it from the other side of how can regular people or how can nft investors or hashgraph enthusiasts get involved with this stuff really it's kind of like you're you're buying and selling um, you know, not, I don't want to use the word collectibles, but you're, you're buying and selling these things. And it's, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a similar psychology to that, but in the marketplace, there are major enterprises, governments, institutions included in that mix. And it's kind of merging those two worlds for the first time. That's kind of like how I synthesize it in my, in my brain a little bit. It's tricky. It's a, it's a hard idea to conceptualize. And I think I'm going to talk about the MMCM side for a sec because it is fascinating. What they, what the company MMCM did was they've combined these two methodologies from the UN, the UNFCCC. And it really deals with recycling of material, these two specific methodologies that combine them. But what they found, and the big problem space is, there is in India a huge issue with, you know, cars being dumped, 
like just just like scrap everywhere. This is a direct effort to incentivize the recycling of such cars. And downstream, once you have got this certificate of deposit and you're in like the local area, you can actually use that to get a discount on other cars. And that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's, kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, it is crazy, but there's, but as you've described it there, I think that there's something, there's an important thread to pull on there where I think that for regular people that aren't familiar with Web3 or like I talked about, you know, some of these NFT marketplaces and DeFi and stuff like that, that is a, that is a very crazy concept to think about, but for someone who's swapping tokens on saucer swap or getting airdrops or buying and selling NFTs, that really like sounds just like regular activity in a DeFi or NFT ecosystem, but kind of in the real world, it's like, oh, I retire this car, I get a token, I go to buy a new car, I use the token to get a discount on the car. It seems pretty straightforward. And so there's a little bit of magic there that I'm still trying to work my mind around and I'm starting to realize that as you as you talked about that that first mile, first 20 hours of trying to learn these concepts and how to take advantage of them, really if if you know hashgraph enthusiasts and people in this ecosystem can really dive into this and dedicate that time to learning about this, I think they'll quickly realize like oh, I've kind of been doing this this whole time and the the world around me may start to operate a little more like you know the stuff i'm doing with you know trading you know punk nfts and dead pixel stuff and you know these different types of things a little bit and just to finish around the mmcm approach is that these credits the target market for these credits aren't necessarily retail retail can buy them that's absolutely fine but it's more targeted towards you know that the car manufacturers you know right then they manufacture the cars and they buy the credits about the recycling. And because it's intrinsically tied to their business, they can actually prove through the purchase of all these credits with the unique carbon avoidance that they're actually lowering their uh, footprint. And so it becomes less of an offset in play and more of an inset in play for these industries. And Can you explain that a little bit? So you you're say another kind of word here that we're learning is you said so. You said offsetting in in setting. Just real quick, what like, what is what is this new word? Offsetting is like you buy a credit, and you can use that credit to basically prove you've offset something. Insetting is more if you have an enclosed system, a supply chain, for instance, you can actually prove that your activities, in this case, car manufacturers potentially buying these credits tied intrinsically to what they do reduces so it's like the reject the reduction of carbon or other benefits from within their own um uh kind of not workflow what's the word supply chain almost so it becomes a measurement thing rather than buying something okay um another example is we had a project 
with a uh, farm. I think it was farm in Paris, in, in uh, France. And they provided a lot of um, materials for an, al an alcohol company. And because this, this company owned it and they bought from it, that's more of an inset in play rather than an offset in play because um, all these entities are intertwined and they communicate with one another. It's not you're buying credits somewhere else. You're buying credits or you're doing behavior to that actually relates directly to your business rather than something completely different. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And so I wanted to, to loop back on something you touched on, which is um, these different types of products kind of, again, in this context of like, oh, I'm a, you know an H barbarian buying and selling you know NFTs and coins and this and that. Um, what you said there is very interesting. What you said is for sure you can, you know, buy and sell these things, but they're not really geared to you. They're not really geared to retail, but the parallel can be made with HBAR, the coin itself. HBAR isn't necessarily as an asset geared to retail. It's used to pay for services and use cases on the network. So it's designed for people looking to run um, you know, these, these, uh, initiatives on the network, these, these use cases like MIO and stuff like that, but retail can buy H bar and these use cases can buy that H bar on the open market from retail participants. So is it, is it kind of a similar dynamic where retail can participate in, in, in this marketplace and buy these products that maybe aren't geared for them, but they can later sell these products to, um, like you said, the, you know, in this example, these car manufacturers or, you know, organizations or enterprises that, that require these. Yes. And it's worth noting that I've, we've been pushing heavily that all Guardian assets are um, Hedera NFT compliant for 12. So come middle of next year, every asset that is generated through the Guardian will have its own properties akin to, you know, a normal NFT. It opens it up to any marketplace would be able to accept. Imagine on Centex being able to buy and sell carbon credits of different quality and the market can find its price outside of, you know, the price that we sell credits for. And then collectively, through every single market, secondary marketplace on Hedera, you'll be able to pick apart the properties and what's successful and not what's successful and to find global carbon price. And that's something I've been pushing really hard. And that's something that's coming next year. I think that's you hit on a really key point, and this is something we talked about previously, and I think a conversation people talk about a lot. And I've actually had, I had Rob Allen on the show talking about this, and it's that concept of finding the price of these assets because in these existing opaque markets where it's really private buyers and sellers and brokers, the price is really whatever is set. And when you have an open and transparent marketplace that offers that volume um, and that retail participation, it brings us back to that, um, you know, that that kind of tagline that's being shared by 
the ecosystem, which is, you know, bringing the balance sheet of the planet to the public ledger, effectively having these assets find their price. So um, effectively what you're saying, like just to make a, again, bring this into an analogy that I think just any NFT um, person on Hedera would understand back in the early days before we had NFT marketplaces and before we had, like I see HGraph punks listening down there, you know, before we had NFT marketplaces like Centex or Zeus Market or whatever, you would get, you know, an HGraph punk and to buy and sell it, the marketplace was effectively um, Twitter DMs or in Discord and the prices, it was hard to find like what is the price for these things and it, the price was effectively whatever was set between you and the buyer. There wasn't necessarily a ton of transparency, but now with these marketplaces like Centex and stuff like that, buying and selling a, a project like HGraph Punks, the price is kind of determined and you kind of know what it is. So that's kind of like a little baby version of this. But when we look at this massive multi-trillion dollar market, it's kind of a very similar type of thing of going from a very um, non-transparent system to a transparent system where the price is just found and that back and forth can be done in a much um, broader way with that retail participation and kind of hitting to what you said is like, you know, a carbon offset credit or whatever credit available on Centex. Yeah. And I think something that's interesting and we all take it for granted as like regular NFT degenerates, the concept of royalties. And that's something that we've been pushing like the, the guiding community is that after talking to some Vimbo, they make the claim that the killer app for ecological assets is royalties. Because imagine if you were buying and selling these things, if someone was speculating on these assets in traditional markets, the buyers and sellers would gain value, but the actual um, project would gain nothing. And so introducing, you know, royalties at large markets on secondary, on the secondary side, the value movement or the value change would always drip down back to a supplier, which, although we take that for granted, is an absolute game changer for, um, you know, real people doing good in like the deep South and like South America and things. Okay. So to wrap up thoughts on this, cause I kind of want to give you a, a moment as well to kind of talk about some other things before I move on to the rest of the news, but to wrap up thoughts on this and kind of put this into context for people, you know, that are hash graph enthusiasts and again, not financial advice, but basically that like really dumbing this down is basically this new, all of these new products, these new carbon offsets that are going to be tokenized as NFTs on Hedera. It's, it's effectively a bunch of NFT drops that are happening. You mint at the mint price. And as we know, the floor price becomes different than the mint price. And the market kind of takes over when that project kind of mints out. And a good example of this is when you go to the Dovo website, you have these different initiatives where you can buy these credits or these different products, um, you know, specifically uh, recently with these ELV credits. 
it's kind of like an NFT drop. You get in, you 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 know you 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 secure your bag, and then the secondary market takes over, and you look for opportunity. And so it's it's that it's that basic psychology. It's it's what's happened currently in the carbon offset market space, but in a non-transparent way. And it's kind of I'm trying to put it into context a little bit of people in the Hedera ecosystem that might kind of be like, well, what is this about? Where do I fit in with this? So is that is would that be like an accurate assessment of kind of like an explain it like I'm five type thing? Probably. I mean, um, it's crazy because obviously we're in our own little community, which is its own little community within you know crypto as a whole. But I'm sure you hit you hit the nail on the head here for your listeners for sure. Perfect. Yeah, there's some cool NFT drops coming up, and if you think they're cool you can buy into those those projects and it and you know those projects will be things that help the planet in a verifiable way and the buyer of your nft that you're holding may not be another person it may be a big organization or who knows who it could be um and uh i think that the saying holds true or early um I was curious, Matt, you know, in the last bit here, just before I move on to the rest of the news, I know that there's a bunch of other things and I know there's some stuff you can't talk about quite yet. And you guys have a lot of stuff on the roadmap, but I was curious if there was anything kind of cool and exciting you wanted to share um, with listeners from like the Dovu purview and, you know, kind of anything, anything cool. There's always cool things. I think throughout our entire journey, and going coming into 2024, it's all about making the process of generating credits, no matter what they are, from biodiversity to ELV to anything as simple and straightforward as possible. You know, we are effectively building a managed system for digital ecological credits. And we're building out a lot of tools that are supporting many members of, of course, our clients and the Guardian community. Um, I'm not sure how much we touched on last time, but we're just trying to figure out, well, we've basically figured it out, but if you look at the success of something like OpenAI, they have had tremendous success over the last year on creating a system that by all means is as simple as possible. You talk to this AI and it like does incredible things for you. And that's really where we're taking you know, the Guardian. How do we create a system that is as simple and accessible as possible, where 10 years from now, five to 10 years from now, of course, our product won't take that long, but like the vision of people being able to tokenize the good they are doing and proving it and actually making income from that is an incredible idea. And that is the path that Davey was on. That's that's so exciting. I, just, just touching on that is again, to, to really bring it into like an explain it like I'm five, I think NFT context that people might understand is like, again, it's very similar to the NFT space in Hedera where making NFTs was a really difficult task. And 
it became a lot easier because there are now tools available, you know, like Turtle Moon or Kabila or, you know, Hash Access or whatever it may be. There were just tools that became available that adhered to um, standards like HIP 412. So these products could be made and put out into this marketplace. And so that's kind of also what you're talking about from this perspective is this industry was also in a place where it was very, very hard to make these products to represent the good that you're doing. And with this Guardian platform, with Dova, with tokenization, you're effectively creating the tools so people can now create these products for, you know, for lack of a better term, like for these drops that folks can buy. And not only that, but shift, you know, of course, there are NFT projects everywhere. You continue to do artwork. But by doing good and actually having a third party verify that you're doing good, obviously powered by the Guardian, but through this like debut platform to manage the entire process, you have, we're basically tokenizing the ability to do good. Um, and I have been shocked on how flexible our system has been between Sunbimbo and MMCM. And we'll just continue to. Um, create the tools, create the platform in order to move from targeting the top 100 companies in the world to allow anyone to get and kind of get on board to use this technology themselves. And that's the direction we're heading. That's awesome. I love this convo, Matt. I, I love having you on the show. I think that definitely in the new year, I want to have you on for a much more long form conversation because once the dust settles on, you know, all the stuff happening on COP28 and like Davos upcoming and everything, I just think there's going to be, and especially once a lot of these initiatives you're working on kind of move over the finish line, it's like, I just think there's going to be so much to unpack, um, so much to talk about and just really appreciate you stopping by the show. It's just, it's always, I always feel genuinely a little bit smarter uh, having you on the show. So, and I think everyone kind of uh, feels the same way. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you ever so much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. And um, I need to run now anyway, but um, have a great rest of the spaces and I'll be in touch soon, okay? Absolutely, Matt. Okay, you take care. Um, and yeah, we're going to dive into some more stuff, but that's really exciting, guys. I mean, that's kind of what's happening in a nutshell. You can kind of see the excitement. You can kind of feel that energy a little bit. And kind of when we reframe it in that context, that's really what we're talking about is we are, we saw kind of what happened with the Hedera, like the, the, the hot Hedera summer with NFTs and how exciting that was. That was enabled by easy to use tools to create NFTs and proper transparent marketplaces to buy and sell them. So that was, you know, uh, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollar market. We're talking about now a multi-trillion dollar market solving those same problems at a much larger scale that involves huge enterprises, entire countries, and it's the same stuff. We got to make these things easier to tokenize and we've got to make them easier to buy and sell. So it's kind of the same problems and it's the exact same product. It's an NFT. The NFT is the same as any of the NFTs you've, you've had in the past in your wallet. 
And I think that it's just a really exciting thing. Um, and I just encourage people to check it out. Um, and I agree with Matt that at a big scale, when we talk about regular folks, these concepts of, you know, buying a, you know, buying a tokenized product or an NFT that um, you can use to then get a discount on a new car purchase, pretty out there. It's going to be a while until the majority of people understand that. But it's going to be a while until the majority of people kind of understand the value of NFTs in general, right? Even when we look at, you know, bored apes or, you know, crypto punks or whatever, it's, it's the same story. It's where it, the crypto industry is still, you know, a little bit further ahead. It's, you know, it's the whole we're early type thing. I think that holds true here. Um, and I think that the best way for this community to look at this type of stuff is to kind of see through all the complexity. I mean, it's always worth talking about all these things in detail, but when it really boils down to it, we're talking about the same stuff. And I think this community knows what to do. Hunt out those good drops. Um, we got some good stuff to talk about. Uh, I want to quickly just say um, the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show averages about 500 listeners every week on Spaces and hundreds more on podcast platforms. Um, and over the years, I've covered every major Hedera News event, unpacked almost every juicy rumor, and hosted countless in-depth discussions with important figures in the Hedera ecosystem. And I've been able to do it all live with you guys, which I really love. If you'd like to support the show, consider making an HBAR contribution like many folks in the community have been doing, even a few bucks add up. I'm looking forward to in the next very short while. I mean, even potentially this week, I'm going to be buying some new podcasting equipment thanks to funds uh, raised by the show on its own. And I will be sounding a lot better uh, and the quality of the show will just be increasing. I'm always working on ways and tools and different things to uh, make the show better and better and better. And it's all possible because of folks like everyone listening and contributing to make it possible. Um, you can send a contribution to the show by sending HBAR to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. Fun memos are appreciated. And the full Hedera address, the wallet address of the show, um, is available in the podcast show note, in the YouTube description, and all that good stuff. It's in the post in the top, pinned to the spaces. You can send a tip on Galaxy as well. We have all sorts of different ways to grow the show. Uh, speaking of Galaxy, um, two interesting topics um, on Galaxy right now. Um, one is Spencer Dinwiddie of NBA fame and co-founder of Galaxy um, pointed something out very interesting. Um, so the uh, co-founder of Solana Labs, Tolly, on X shared a video where basically uh, it was an interview with Defiant News last week and talking about how, you know, Web3 needs, um, you know, the Venmo equivalent, uh, the PayPal equivalent. We need to be able to send these things back and forth easily. Um, and Galaxy responds and says, hey, uh, we already have this running right now in our app. Um, as folks know, Galaxy announced the ability to kind of send crypto and NFTs between each other just through DMs, which was kind of crazy. But it was it was kind of cheeky to see them do this. And furthermore, um, they stated that um, it will be coming to Solana. So Galaxy will be supporting 
uh, Solana soon. And when we talk about mass adoption, when we talk about interoperability, when we talk about truly leveraging Hedera, um, you know, this is a wallet, right? Galaxy is a wallet with social network capabilities inside of it, like direct messaging and sending crypto back and forth, you know, sounds like including Solana, um, by leveraging the Hedera network for the speed and security and low fees, um, it really makes it, uh, really makes this a fascinating thing. If this can bring value to the Solana community, right? Having those folks bring their, you know, NFTs, um, their clay sores and board apes and like all these different types of things over into this ecosystem. Um, it's really fascinating stuff. Um, and so that, uh, that update was very interesting. Also too, just on that, I know Coinbase um, launched a crypto direct messaging feature, basically allowing you to send a link to anybody on any platform like TikTok or iMessage or what have you, Telegram, Discord, whatever. It's a link that they click and they can claim crypto effectively, you know, sending crypto to people. It's a li I, I think that folks see that and they go, you know, oh no, like this is what Galaxy is doing and Coinbase is doing it too. And I think it's a little bit different. I think that Coinbase feels a little bit more like an affiliate program, a little bit like it's through the wallet, but you click a link and then you kind of claim it in the wallet. And so I could see, I can see the functionality there. Um, I think that Galaxy is, is a little different. Um, I don't know like really which one is better. I think a lot of these, um, a lot of these types of use cases for DMs and different things like that, um, you know, they're in their infancy. So I think that it's just two different approaches and it's, uh, you know, very, very interesting stuff. But yeah, that's the news out of Galaxy. Uh, I just got a DM from uh, Head Starter. Um, key players in the ecosystem for all sorts of different NFT launches and stuff. They did the uh, Citadel wallet stuff and everything. Uh, they just sent me a little bit of news I'll mention real quick. Um, the allow list round of the Sphere World um, initial NFT offering is live. Um, so holders of the Sphere uh, waitlist NFTs can mint for the next 22 hours. So go and check it out. Um, and I also think uh, that there is exclusive access for holders of NFT collections. Um, the uh, Guardians of the Citadel, a few other ones. So yeah, NFT drop, Sphero World, Head Starter. Check it out. It's going live now. Shout out to those guys. A few other, a few other things too. Um, uh, how do you pr how do you pronounce his uh, his name? Hold on. Let me uh, let me see here. He should be in my feed. Every time I go to my feed, I see him pop up right away. Um, Tatsuyaki, Akimoto, people have seen him on uh, X posting and doing things, moving and shaking. He's over in the UAE right now, COP28. He's doing all sorts of things. He's been on TV interviews and making connections, seeing talks, rubbing shoulders with important people, making moves. I'm going to have him on the show soon. I was going to have him on as a guest on Friday. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like a lot of times I'll have guests that are just like super busy traveling and stuff. And it's like, 
I always get a better interview when uh, things aren't so crazy. So I'm going to have him on the show. Uh, looking forward to it. But uh, H-Bar Bull did have him on the show. Quick little interview. So definitely go and check that out. Um, but there's a space that's happening later today at 3 p.m. Eastern that uh, uh, Tatsuyaki's doing with Starlink and SpaceX. And I think the H-Bar Foundation is on it too. So go and listen to that. It'll be very interesting. Um, I'll be popping by and tuning into that. Um, I love to see the energy. Um, makes me very curious. Love following along with Tatsuyaki's adventures. It's good stuff. Saucer Swap hit $40 million TVL during that little pump. I wonder what's going on with H-Bar right now, by the way. Where are we at? We're still just, we're, we're, we're continuing to kind of touch seven cents. You know, it's very interesting to see. Volume um, is at 140 million. So volume is up 90%, almost doubled in the past 24 hours. It's very interesting stuff, guys. So Saucer Swap hit $40 million total value locked, which is very, very cool. So shout out to those guys. Um, Astronova, which is a gaming use case leveraging Hedera uh, built on Unreal Engine 5. They showcased a new um, demo of their game. It looks very cool. Go and check it out. Astronova.world. Um, looks very neat. I love to see the gaming use cases. Um, what else was kind of interesting? Just some random little bits. Oh, um, Rob Allen was on the HBAR Bull Show. He shared some interesting things just in regards to some questions community members had. Um, one of the questions involved his kind of meet up with Jeremy, the CEO of Circle. Um, and he mentioned that, you know, Circle is very interested in Hedera DeFi. And they talked about the need for USDC liquidity. I think that's a big problem in the Hedera ecosystem, the lack of liquidity for USDC. Um, Rob Allen also mentioned, and again, Rob Allen is on the governing council at Australian Payments Plus. Um, he mentioned there are sectors of the governing council underrepresented, right? So there's all these different companies and organizations on the governing council represent different sectors and industries. He says some of those are underrepresented. Take of that what you will, but it's a good, you know, I think it's an opinion that a lot of people can agree with. Um, and he really says in response to a question regarding, you know, when are we going to get more governing council members? You know, why don't we have more? He mentioned that really the focus should be more use cases for governing council members, um, which I agree with. So, and he specifically mentioned there are a number of high throughput use cases coming down the pipeline. This pipeline is mentioned a lot. I want to see what's inside. I want to see what's coming out of this pipeline. I want to see. Um, I got three stories here that I kind of want to combine into one because they're kind of the same thing. Um, so basically, I'll, I'll, th this will be a story called, you know, uh, wacky sentiment and opinions in the Hedera ecosystem. Um, first topic on that is just a, you know, funny thing that I saw brought up recently. Um, there's this video of Mance, you know, co-founder of Hedera. Um, who is on an interview video. I think maybe it was earlier this year. He says, you know, we, you know, being Hedera and Swirls, like we don't pump. We will never pump. And it's like, there's two sides to this. So the one side is, 
he doesn't mean that H bar won't see a you know a shocking rise in price. He's not saying we will not do that. H bar will not do that. They have no control over that. What he more so means is Hedera is not going to instigate in or participate in the activities related to a pump. So what he's saying is kind of like, you know, if H bar were to see a massive spike, you know, it's not like we're going to react in any way or we're going to post any memes about it or whatever. And furthermore, it's kind of like, you know, they're not going to um, contribute to or generate that type of energy or euphoria. So I think that like, it's a bit of a meme, um, but I don't like literally they're not, he's not saying, you know, H bar is not going to experience a pump. I think a lot of people took it literally. And uh, I think it's just worth kind of like, Hey, you know, a little bit of context. Now, on the other hand, you know, I think that um, some things, you know, don't need to be said. I get there's an argument to be made for building that trust, that credibility um, in enterprise, but it's also worth remembering that like, whatever would cause the, the thing that is going to most likely cause a drastic appreciation of H bar price, which I'm sure anybody can agree would be a beneficial thing to the ecosystem. That would generally be kind of like, you know, retail, right? And you don't want to literally say to retail, like we will never pump. I mean, even though it's out of context, it's kind of one of those things of like just optics. So there is another side to it of like, you know, what kind of energy are we meeting the euphoria with? Is it something that we necessarily want to uh, quell? You know, and I think that I think that there's there's varying degrees to this, which is you know making it clear that you know Hedera is very you know conservative in their approach, but also sometimes you know if there's that kind of euphoria or if there is like a you know quote unquote pump or something like that, it's like I don't know if that's necessarily something that needs to be quelled or managed. You know, it, sometimes it's just just what happens. It is the industry. Um, the other side to this too is just um, meme tokens. I think that meme tokens on Hedera are great. Uh, there are very like different like different opinions on it. But again, when it really boils down to it, I think you know, like you can argue about all sorts of different things that would be beneficial to the ecosystem and all sorts of different approaches that will get us there. But when it really comes down to it for any network or any ecosystem, an appreciation in that network's asset, an appreciation in the price of that network's asset is generally the the kind of core um, growth factor for it. Now, it depends on how you define growth. I mean, you can definitely define growth in regards to use cases and utilization of the network and all those different types of things. Um, but when we talk about just growth of an ecosystem, the startup ecosystem, um, that's generally tied to those things. And again, that's largely dependent on retail, right? Um, if we want to see that type of price appreciation, um, you know, that's what it's going to take. And so I think that meme coins are a very interesting thing for attracting retail. I think they're a great sales tool. I think that what we saw with some some of these different meme coins on Adara. When I say meme coins, what I'm referring to is these. Um, we we look at certain assets like um, that aren't meme coins, like Dovu, or um, I would categorize you know Sauce 
um, or HTS or any of these projects that have these fungible tokens minted on the Hedera token service are, um, you know, assets that are from, you know, startups and serious projects. But we also have similar, you know, fungible tokens created in the same fashion that are kind of like meme tokens, right? That are goofy, um, jokey, not serious. Um, and to be frank, I mean, as we've seen play out time and time again in the crypto industry, it's much easier to get folks on board to a project that's goofy and fun um, than it is to get someone on board to a project that is, um, you know, reshaping the, you know, carbon offset markets or is changing the way the supply chain is, is done or is um, revolutionizing how stable coins are minted in a hybrid fashion with native uh, HTS and smart contracts. It's like, those are very exciting things. I think that those are things that were definitely uh, reasons we became, you know, Hashgraph enthusiasts. But for folks outside of it, when we talk about branching out to retail and getting attention and stuff like that, it's much easier to say, hey, you know, here's a wacky, you know, wonky small market cap uh, you know, thing that's exciting, that's ready to burst. You know, it's like, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's just kind of nonsensical things that do capture that attention. And I think that if you are not paying attention to kind of the meme coin ecosystem on Hedera, or if you discount it too heavily, kind of write it off, um, I'm not saying to invest in these meme coins. More so what I'm saying is, really understanding how they fit into this ecosystem, how they benefit this ecosystem. Because, you know, saying that meme coins on Hedera will not drive growth and adoption of the network is a pretty weak argument, in my opinion. Um, time and time again, it's been proven on most other networks um, that a lot of, uh, again, it depends on how you define it, but a lot of value is created by those things, right? In the form of liquidity coming in, um, money flowing into a network, a lot of those avenues are these silly meme coins. So um, I think that there's a it's a very contentious topic. And I think that, again, the Hedera ecosystem is fairly insular and not super familiar with a lot of the things that happen on other networks that are, again, a little goofy and wacky. But I think that is it's important, especially at this time, as we're kind of, it feels like we're on the precipice of a bull market. To really, you know, I, I, I would say my advice is, um, do not ignore meme coins on Hedera. Do not write them off. Right? You don't have to invest in them. You don't have to, um, you know, talk about them. But I think that it's a, it's an unfortunate viewpoint to just kind of wholesale say like, you know, meme coins are dumb and they're never going to do anything and they have no value or no utility. Right. I think that if, if, you know, uh, something has been proven to grow liquidity on a network, that's utility. And we've seen that time and time again with meme coins on Solana and Ethereum and all sorts of different networks. So, um, I think that's my point there is if you're writing off meme coins, if you're, if you're just, you know, throwing them in the trash, I think that's the wrong approach. I think you need to kind of expand your viewpoints and recognize that, um, you know, Hedera is in the crypto industry and whether you like it or not, strange, dumb things are going to happen. 
and they're probably going to be a hundred times bigger and a hundred times stupider uh, than you can imagine. So that's my thoughts on that. That's my advice to Hashgraph enthusiasts on meme coins. Um, and a lot of this stems from, you know, addressing the elephant in the room, which is the Hedera subreddit, which is a very strange place. I miss the old Hedera subreddit back when it was called Hashgraph. It was very interesting. It was it was a small group, but I think that again, you could people on Reddit that talk about crypto, I think that in general there there can be a negative sentiment towards crypto on Reddit. I think there are definitely some pockets in Reddit, like the cryptocurrency subreddit and this and that. But I think that in general, um it's a it's a tough to be honest, the Hedera subreddit is a tough place. Um, it's changed quite a bit, I don't think, for the better. Um, I think that there's a lot of people in the Hedera subreddit um, that are too smart to learn new subjects or topics or um, you know ways of thinking. Um, I think it it comes to the detriment of the community. And it, and, it, and it's kind of like the meme coin conversation, right? It's Hedera is is in a little bit of a bubble just inherently because it is a hash graph and not a blockchain. It, it really is set apart for better or for worse from the rest of the crypto industry. I think there's a lot of benefits. I think there's a lot of upside potential. I think that we have nothing but exciting times and um, you know amazing things ahead of us in this ecosystem. But I just see... Um, the Hedera subreddit going down a an, uh, a weird path in a way. Um, to me, it feels sometimes that folks there will be like, if it's not HBAR, I don't want to hear about it. If it's not from the governing council, I don't want to hear about it. NFTs are stupid. Meme coins are dumb. Um, NFT marketplaces are worthless. All that matters is HBAR and the governing council and enterprise. And I think that, you know, to be fair, I think that that is, you know, a, a very important viewpoint that I think does separate Hedera apart from um, other networks and I think makes it attractive to a lot of people. And I don't think it's about um, shrinking that mindset at all. I just think it's about we need to expand um, the, the the collective mindset in that subreddit because if you really think about it, again, somebody coming into the ecosystem from another network that thinks this stuff's really cool, I just think that looking at that subreddit is like the saddest thing on the planet. It's you know, it's it's like, you know, we definitely need to have fun. And I only bring it up because there's thirty thousand people in that subreddit. It's a really big uh, community, um, and there is a lot of great information in there. There's a lot of great discussion in there, but I do think that there's a lot of conversations that just don't happen in there just because for some reason it doesn't fit the mold. Um, and I think that that mold needs to grow. I think that um, the, the, the idea of what this network is needs to expand. Um, it, this is a crypto network. This, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I get it's a hash graph. I get it's got a governing council. It's enterprise. It's this, it's that. But at the end of the day, this is a crypto network that, needs to have a lot of fun things happening on it and there needs to be wacky stuff and and cool things and 
um, I don't think you need to participate in those conversations. I don't think you need to, you know, like uh, be a part of those things, but it's just weird to see um, those kinds of things collectively stifled in that community. I think it's kind of weird. And, I'm, you know, I just want to call it out and kind of be like, hey, you know, Reddit is an important place. Um, you know, the Hedera subreddit's a resource I use a lot of the times to see what's happening. But when I look to see what's happening in the Hedera subreddit, a lot's missing. There's a lot of really great things that are just missing. Um, so that's what I'll say on that. I miss the old Hedera subreddit. Um, and again, lots of respect to the people in that subreddit. Lots of smart people there. I just think that, um, you know, it's time to, as we've talked about on the show many times, and as we've talked about in the community a lot, is we, you know, we kind of have to get out of our bubble a little bit. We kind of have to expand our viewpoints and, 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 and how we see opportunity, how we define value and growth. It is what it is. Those are my thoughts. Um, there is some important stuff to talk about. I think that it's important to have some of those tough conversations. Um, and it, it just, it, you know, it got me thinking just because there's been some recent posts in there that are kind of like, you know, funny, poking fun. And it's just, there's, 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 it's pretty dry. I want, I want more fun in the Hedera subreddit. I want more goofy things. Um, now something, uh, very, very kind of cool that the Hedera subreddit would like, um, is the, uh, speech or, or talk or presentation um, that Shane, CEO of the HBAR Foundation, gave at the New York Stock Exchange at the Thai event. If people recall, the Thai is a platform that could be um, an analogy of the Thai would be the Bloomberg terminal for crypto. Um, so he gave a talk at the New York Stock Exchange presenting all of the exciting things happening on Hedera from, uh, you know, the Fed now, Stablecoin Studio, um, international remittance proof of concepts, those purviews that invest institutional investors and family offices would be interested in. Um, he gave a talk there and it's all on YouTube. I got to give credit to Shane, great presenter. And I would say this is, if you're, if you're with your family at the holidays, this, you know, you know, this year and you have, you know, uncle Bill comes up and he's like, you know, Hey, I, you know, I'm interested to hear like what's going on with this crypto stuff. I hear, you know, monkey JPEGs aren't doing so good. I hear the the system's going to collapse and I don't know if Bitcoin is going to go to zero and this and that. I think this video, this speech that Shane gave, um, he, he really kind of speaks the language of, you know, everyday people, everyday investors and this is the kind of video you can, you know, show to your uncle Bill, you know, to your father-in-law, to, you know, to grandma who, you know, knows about finance and stuff and kind of be like, you know, hey, here's a guy talking about real world use cases happening that are that are in relation to things that you may understand that are happening on Hedera and explained in a way that like are just really straightforward and there's no, you know, monkey business. And I think that um, this video, this presentation that Shane gave um, and, and again, links to all the stuff I'm talking about will be available at itsbrandond.com and in the show notes for the podcast. But, um, you know, this video really is like, you know, the one to show family in that context. Like, it's it's really great. It's really good. It's a good presentation. 
Um, it's very substance, no hype, but that's, uh, that's all substance, no hype. It's like, that's this video. And I think it's, it's a great resource. It's important. Um, so definitely bookmark it, check it out. A good, uh, tool for the back pocket for the holidays when you got family asking you about crypto, um, coupons. Okay. So we haven't talked about coupons for a while. As you know, I'm always interested in coupons. It's a meme at this point in the Hedera ecosystem. One of the original use cases that would take us to the promised land is and was coupons because they would fix fraud in the coupon industry. It would move a bazillion transactions through the mainnet, all this good stuff. There's been a lot of hurdles and challenges to getting that use case to the finish line. But the reason we keep talking about it is this. We're talking about a new standard the current coupon standard used by retailers, point of sale systems, and brands is 8110. This new standard, 8112, will replace the old standard, right? It's not a matter of if, but when. And this standard uses Hedera and it is managed by the Coupon Bureau. So it's just it that's it's just a matter of fact. The future of coupons will be running on Hedera. That's just a fact. Um, and so the, the the pathway getting there is kind of where a lot of the, you know, the bummer vibes come from because, you know, industry is slow to move, as we know. So I saw some news come across. Um, there was some stuff on LinkedIn. There was a, a photo of a presentation that was being given at a, uh, a, a, a industry coupon conference. We have some more information. We have some more uh, cool stuff. And something else that was shared was a demo. So let's just dive into it real quick on the coupon front because we we got to keep we got to keep this in the wheelhouse. We got to stay up to date on coupons. So this is basically from a slide from that presentation, and it's called 2024 Retailer Connectivity: What We Know." So the Coupon Bureau has a partnership in place with Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions, making 8112 point of sale connectivity a part of new software releases to all their clients. And Toshiba uh, point of sale systems are in many, many, many retail stores. Um, independent drug stores utilize a point of sale system called AutoStar. Now, there was a demo video of AutoStar shared on Twitter by AutoStar themselves, There'll be a link to this again in the show notes. It shows a purchase of boiled peanuts. Gross. Um, and it looks super normal, right? You ring up the boiled peanuts um, and you have the coupon on your phone. You scan the coupon. It takes the, the, you know, the dollar off of your boiled peanuts and you run the purchase and it's all golden. The beautiful thing is no longer is that coupon being processed manually with the risk of it being double spent and all that kind of stuff. It's recorded on Hedera consensus service at the point of sale by the coupon bureau, proven that it's used and can never be used again. Um, and this brings trust to the whole system. It's very fascinating and very cool. And it's literally a video demo. Um, and he says in the video, this coupon has now been redeemed and cannot be used again. And again, that's because each coupon creation and redemption is tracked 
at each stage of the coupon lifestyle, a transaction is sent to Hedera using the Hedera consensus service. Uh, so go back and listen literally to any of my previous episodes. I probably talk about coupons. There's, we talked about a lot regarding coupons. Um, another slide re regards um, uh, independent grocery retailers uh, using long trail retail and retail 10x point of sale systems. Um, so those will be integrating the new standard. Um, convenience store channels um, offer what's what was mentioned in the slide. Again, this might be some kind of like, um, you know, industry shorthand, but total white space for consumer packaged goods, manufactured coupons. Um, so these coupons are, you know, products that consumers use up and replace frequently, such as food, beverages, cosmetics, cleaning products. Um, so those convenience stores, which are uh, using Modisoft point of sale, uh, those will be 10,000 independent convenience stores. Uh, so again, we're seeing some numbers get in there. Uh, and as we understand, once enough retailers are on board, the current uh, 8110 uh, paper coupons will sunset throughout the industry. So this is what it really boils down to, like any set of standards, like HIP 412 for NFTs on Hedera. As soon as enough people adopt the standard, it, it creates a tipping point and then everyone hops on board. So we're witnessing the first stage of that tipping point of tens of thousands of these um, of these independent retail stores and many of these um, point of sale systems, including Toshiba, adopting these standards, putting these into practice, recording these transactions on Hedera and making it happen. And that's what's gonna cause this tipping point. Um, so that's the update on coupons. It's very interesting. Uh, watch the demo. I mean, the, the demo isn't super exciting. It's like watching like a regular purchase at a store. But I think that's kind of what makes it cool. Kind of what made it, made it click to me. It's like, oh, this is literally just going to be the same thing. It's like zero learning curve for anybody. Um, so that's really exciting. Really cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, second last story of the day, folks. Lehman's going to the Swiss Alps um, for a very important talk. Um, so Hedera, uh, a.k.a. Lehman, is going to be doing a panel called Layer 1 Superpowers, Consensus and Execution at Scale. Um, they're going to be, you know, he's going to be speaking on the topic of opportunities and challenge Layer 1s are currently facing. But here's what's very interesting for this. Uh, and again, this is going to happen at an event that takes place from January 10th to 12th. But the event is very interesting. So uh, the CFC St. Moritz is an in intimate circle of selected opinion leaders and investors in the truly private and unique setting of the Swiss Alps. The application only conference fosters a culture of true connection and deliberately admits a maximum of only 250 international uh, UHNWI. I have no idea what that is. Guys, to be honest, a lot of these stories we're talking about, I think we're going to be learning a lot together. I'm noticing a lot of terminology and words. I, we, we touched on this with Matt earlier on the show from Dobu. We got a lot to learn together here on this show, folks. Uh, a lot of this stuff is way over my head and I'm learning alongside you guys. Um, what is UA? Actually, you know what? Let's use the tools available at our disposal. Chat GPT. Let's find out. 
um, let's ask, let, let, let's not let anything block us here. Let's learn together right now in the moment. We've got to do this more. What is this? Um, oh, am I, am I logged out? No, I'm not logged out. What is this? Let's find out what this is together. Let's learn together. It stands for ultra high net worth individual. So that's what it is. Ultra high. So only 250 international ultra high net worth individuals, family offices, funds, and institutional investors uniting the traditional finance sector and crypto industry in the heart of the snowy um, Engadin Valley. During these three days, opinion leaders and a high-ranking representative, oh God, just reading this, I'm like, oh my God, I would like this, it just sounds repulsive. Uh, high-ranking representatives from governmental and uh, supranational bodies, the private sector, academia, and decentralized organizations exchange their knowledge on whatever. So anyways, Lehman is going to be going to this highly exclusive, um, you know, talk with these very important ultra high net worth individuals and family offices and funds like these very rich interested people he's going to be talking with these people and it's like um as much as it as i my eyes roll back in my head um this stuff's important guys like it, it is really important that hedera position themselves with these people and and with these industries and with these organizations and all this different type of stuff it's that you know it's the same type of thing where we look at cop 28 or Davos, um, or all these different types of things. And we kind of go like, oh, you know, like, this isn't what crypto is about. We're supposed to dismantle the system, you know. But at the same time, when we look at mass adoption, different things, you know, it is important. And I'm glad, like, this is this is where it really, um, it really pays off to be um, a hash graph enthusiast, right? An HBAR holder. Um, is when we real, really boil down to it, when we go way back, for better or for worse, and I think mostly for the better, we've got a founder like Lehman Baird. And I know that, you know, it's like people make memes and this and that, but when you really come down to it, Lehman and Mance are dynamite founders in the crypto industry. Um, the industry is going to be changing a lot. And I think that the industry is going to be changing to align with Hedera's approach versus Hedera aligning um, with the industry's approach. And I think that, again, for better or for worse, long-term, Hedera's approach is a good one. I think that short-term, there's a lot of pain. I think we talk about it a lot on the show. I think we need more focus on retail. I think that a lot of things are overlooked. I think there is a disconnect between the governing council and the and the ecosystem and community. Yada yada yada. We talk about it all the time. But when I look at these types of things and I'm like, okay, CFC, St. Moritz, and this intimate circle and ultra high net worth family offices, funds, and opinion leaders and high, you know, I just, you know, my eyes roll back in my head. But it's important. And it's when we talk about mass adoption, it's like, you know, that stuff is important. So Lehman is out there. Um, I <laughs> there's a part of me too that maybe goes like maybe Lehman, you know, looks at this stuff and goes like, oh my god, oh my god, why am I going to this thing? You know, maybe he's also just kind of taking one for the team. I don't know, um, but they will know about Hedera. Hedera is making a mission that these, you know, these the the that the one percent, you know, is aware of Hedera. So I don't think it's a bad thing. 
hold your nose and let them do their job and we'll try to do our job. Um, talk about doing your job. I want to give a shout out to Zepsy who I saw listening to the show earlier. Um, this was funny. So this happens quite a bit. And I think, again, this is why, you know, Hedera and the founders and teams are doing some of this stuff is so Coindesk publishes an article. Um, the headline is um, Asset Manager Aberdeen Crypto Exchange Archax strive for pole position and race to tokenize traditional finance. So again, this is talking about what we've discussed on the show, um, which is tokenizing these, you know, billion dollar funds and um, tokenizing these money markets and like all these different types of things. We've talked about it on the show. I don't want to talk your ear off about it. What's interesting about this is again, this article is published. It's a very exciting headline that's happening, but Aberdeen is a governing council member and this stuff is built on Hedera. These real world assets are built on Hedera. Did the article mention Hedera? No, it did not. And so again, that's kind of the uphill battle that we're that, that we're on as a community is like, you know, it's it, all this exciting stuff is happening on Hedera and time and time again, you know, I think that Hedera is overlooked in a lot of ways and in different capacities. And again, Zepsi is out here doing the work Zepsi responds to this post on Twitter and says Aberdeen is a Hedera governing council member. They run a node on the network and contribute to overall governance. Already they have begun the tokenization of their flagship fund on Hedera. So Coindesk updates the article and says we're mentioning Hedera and they fix it. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, this kind of stuff is still happening, but it's it's just about putting in the work and doing this type of stuff and getting that awareness and um you know it's not it's not uh glamorous but it's important i think that you can think about this a multitude of different ways and i think that one of the ways i think about it is this before we wrap up the show here is this is hedera hashgraph is a disruptive technology and it is in the best interest of a lot of people that it is not mentioned. Putting my tinfoil hat on a little bit. So I think that it's fair to say yes, that um, Hedera can do a, you know, and when I say Hedera, I'm talking about kind of like the bundle of organizations that they can do a better job marketing this stuff for sure. But I do think there's another side to this, which is like they're dealing with a lot of headwinds and resistance that I don't know a lot of, a lot of networks are dealing with, right? Hedera, um, hash graph kind of feels like the new kid on the block a little bit. It's a, it's a hash graph. It's very different. It, it's shaking up a lot of stuff. It's making a lot of moves, doing a lot of big things that maybe other networks can't do disrupting. Right. So, um, I think we're watching that continue to unfold, but a shout out to Zepsi for getting that correction on coin desk and, uh, shout out to coin desk for correcting it. But like, you know, I'm looking forward to the day when we pass the threshold and get the press that we deserve. And the week continues. Before I share my quick final thoughts, a huge shout out to everyone listening live on X Spaces right now. Another shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And an extra shout out to all the supporters of the show. The contributions mean so much. Um, 
Huge thank you again to Matt Smithy's uh, CTO of Dovu for stopping by and talking about um, all the exciting stuff that they're doing, helping us kind of decipher the updates out of COP28, all this kind of, you know, carbon offset market, ESG, like all this craziness, uh, really simplifying it, um, really kind of breaking it down and kind of illustrating how, you know, how this all works. You know, where do Hashgraph enthusiasts come into all this stuff? Um, what's in it for us? You know, and I think we made it a little bit clearer today. I, I think it was a great discussion. Um, and I'm looking forward to having Matt on the show again. Um, I'm looking forward to having Envision Blockchain on the show too. Um, I think that'd be a fascinating conversation. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, when we look at um, all the different stories we talked about, I think that, the again, the common theme here is Massive stuff is happening on Hedera. Multi-trillion dollar markets are being, are starting to literally be tokenized on the network right now. And the infrastructure that's needed for um, multi-trillion dollar markets is currently built and ready to go and being accepted by massive organizations and entire countries. Like these are things happening right now on Hedera. This is no longer a conversation of what's to come, what's possible. This is a conversation of literally things happening right now on Hedera at a scale that no other network out there can match, period. Um, and the challenge is just communicating that efficiently, right? And again, the future is multi-chain. Um, there are networks out there that are better at certain things than Hedera. And there's a lot of opportunity and awesome things happening other, on other networks. That's also the reality. And that's, I think, part of my gripe with the Hedera subreddit is you have to accept multiple truths, Right, it is true that Hedera is um, doing things at a scale that nobody has ever seen before on any network. It is true that Hedera has capabilities that no other network has. It is also true that other networks are good at some stuff and better at some stuff than Hedera is good at. It is also true that other networks do a way better job at fostering retail adoption than Hedera. It is also true that um, a lot of misinformation and inaccuracies are shared and disseminated by other networks out there. Um, there's so many different truths and you have to accept all of them, right? You can't just, you know, it, it, right? It is true, right, that meme coins uh cause a lot of people to lose money and are not safe a lot of times. It is also true that meme coins drive a lot of adoption and um, bring a lot of liquidity and growth to networks, right? Like there are so many different truths, right? It is true that the current carbon offset market is bullshit and a lot of, the, a lot of what is bought and sold is worthless. But it is also true that the carbon offset market is not. And there are new technologies in place that are being built on Hedera 
that enable these things to unlock multi-trillion dollar markets as we talked about. So again, you have to accept multiple truths. You have to be able to be a little contrarian with your outlook on things. If you cannot change your mind, if you cannot change your perspective, if you cannot let things go, you will not make it. That's the fact here. And that's a wrap for the Hashgraph Enthusiast News, episode 104, Guardian of the Galaxy. Broadcast live on Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms the following Thursday, which is tomorrow. Um, stay tuned for my next guest. I'm going to have uh, some exciting guests coming up, so <laughs> stay tuned. Um, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, you can send an HBAR contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. The show's full Hedera address is in the podcast show notes, YouTube description, and in the post pinned to the top of this spaces. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash HBAR. Make sure to tune into the spaces happening soon with SpaceX and Starlink at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, uh, with uh, Tatsiaki um, and HBAR Foundation and some other folks, I believe it should be a good one. I'm going to tune in. Make sure to check that out. And I will see you next Wednesday for the news. And as usual, for everyone listening live right now, if you see someone listening um, that you don't uh, recognize, click their profile picture, send them a DM, say hello. Um, it's the, you know, it's, it's how we stay connected. It's how we grow. And if you see someone that you do recognize that you haven't spoken with in a little while, again, click their profile picture right now on X, send them a DM, ask them what's new. I guarantee you they got something new going on. Um, and with that, hello future, goodbye past. <laughs>